Unity Community of Central Oregon's podcast. All right. I've been a photographer like 30 years. And this one story came to mind as I was thinking about what I want to share with you guys today. And years ago, I set up a photography workshop here in Bend. And the workshop was for photographers to come and learn about lighting. And so I had a group of photographers, and we went out to this cabin out in the woods in Deschutes Forest here, and we all got together and we we're practicing our lighting. Now, before the workshop, I had this one guy who had called me several times ahead of time to talk about gear, to talk about um, techniques and all this stuff, and it seemed like one of these guys that had so much gear and so much information that he could probably teach the workshop for me if he wanted to, but I thought, well, he should come along anyway. So we'll call him Bill. Bill comes to the workshop, and as we get there, he brings his pile of photography gear, lenses, lighting equipment, stuff, and piles it all on the table. And I start giving demonstrations about lighting, and then I went to the attendees, and I said, each one of you, hey, how about you try, uh, what do you think you should do here for this portrait? And this attendee, this person would try something, and they'd demonstrate, and I said, okay, the next person, show me what you would do. And they did it, the next person, show me what you would do. And then we got to Bill, and I look at Bill, and he's still sitting at the table in front of all of his, his gear over there. And so I called out, I said, hey, Bill, um, do you want to show us what you would do in this situation? And he, he looked really flustered, and he goes, um, no, no, I'll pass, I'll pass, I'll pass. So, all right, so I let it go, and we finished the workshop. At the end of the night, I went over to Bill, and I said, hey, is everything okay? I noticed you were a little flustered, and come to find out, he couldn't figure out how to put the batteries in his flash. He had all this gear and not a clue how to use any of it. And it sort of occurred to me, isn't this sometimes how our spiritual journeys tend to be? where we, we have all this knowledge, we study, we think about it, we talk about it, and we think we're ready to go, but we don't take that first really, really hard step, the step that Bill couldn't take, which was to actually create beautiful images with all this information and gear. And I think, for me, over the past few months, I've thought a lot about what is my spiritual journey like? Am I actually using what I'm studying Am I actually doing, not just thinking about it, or talking about it? Well, uh, um, a road trip, two months in an RV, in a little tiny RV with your wife, is a great way to test your spiritual faith. <laughs> it gives you lots of opportunities, and my wife and I um, bought this RV three years ago, and that was our first leap of faith, was actually buying this thing, which was a big, big step for us. And then our first road trip was two months around the, the Southwest, uh, just her and I and our dog, Leo. And one of the things that, um, I think, being on the road in this situation forces you to do is to actually trust in spirit. So this was our opportunity to find out if Spirit was truly in charge of our lives. So let me pull up a little image here for you. Confusa said, A journey of a thousand miles begins with a single misstep. Maybe it's a little out of context. I don't know, but you know what I'm talking about. And one of the things that we found in this journey was that it, it was more than just talking about um, spirit leading us. We had to actually live it. We had to actually trust. We had to put our faith in it. I'm going to see if this thing will go forward here. Nico, can you advance it? I don't... 
seem to be getting a signal here. There we go. So we consciously decided that we were not going to have any plans for this trip. Now, over the past three years, we've spent a, probably a total of about seven to eight months just living in this RV between three different two-month road trips. And all of them, we've embarked with the same intention. We're not going to really make any plans. We're not going to make any reservations. We're not going to really plan anything other than to go day by day and see what happens and to let spirit and our angels guide us. And we'll talk about that, too. This is our dog, Leo, by the way, in case you need to know who the main companion on this trip was. The main guiding force, which is God spelled backwards, your dog, right? <laughs> so as we uh, embarked, one of the things that became very obvious is that spirit doesn't lead you to the perfect situation every time. But spirit helps you get through every situation every time. In our RV, we encountered engine lights going on. We encountered the engine not starting at random times just for no particular reason, and we still don't know why. We've encountered windstorms that nearly blew our RV over. We've encountered a leaky uh, faucet in the bathroom that started pouring water all out. We've had the fridge explode and all the contents pour out all over the, the floor. We've had mice invade our cabin one night while we were sleeping and our vicious guard dog was sleeping and proceed to nibble on everything edible in the cabin while we slept. Um, <laughs> we've had a broken axle in the middle of nowhere. We've had um, water leaks. We've had our pipes freeze up so we couldn't empty the poop in the middle of the snowy winter. We've had so many things go wrong that you'd think we'd never want to do this again, and yet I wouldn't take any of it back for a second. I would do it all again. I would step out the door tomorrow if it wasn't snowing, and our ERV was actually here, and we would go again. And that was one of the most beautiful things about this journey was that no matter what happened, Spirit took care of us. And you know, one of the things that we really learned, this is an image from Canada. We, we heard about this hike. This is near the Columbia uh, ice field. And we heard about this beautiful hike um, where you could get a good view of the ice field. And so Claire and I and Leo started up on this hike, and as we started getting up there, the clouds started to come in, it started to get dark and ominous, and rain started to come, and we were prepared, we always carried gear and warm clothes and everything, and we noticed that there were no more people going up, but everybody's turning around and coming back down the hill because it's getting rainy. It's a pretty long hike, like we're committed. And at some point we stopped and said, should we turn around? And then we said no. We're going we're gonna to keep going. We're prepared. We've got the rain gear. We've got food. We've got water. We've got everything we need. Let's keep going. And we got to a point where there were absolutely no other people. Everybody had turned back. People would walk past us, be looking at us like, what are you guys thinking? There's a storm brewing here, you know, and they'd go on down past. And we continued on. And as we got to this plateau where you see Claire here, we started to see the clouds part. Not a soul in sight. It was one of the most beautiful places until we got to the edge of the cliff where we could start to overlook the glacier. And the clouds were just beautiful. The rain had passed. And it reminded me of this one quote. This is from E.E. E. Cummings. Once we believe in ourselves, we can risk curiosity, wonder, spontaneous delight, or any experience that reveals the human spirit. 
And I was so proud that we pushed through everybody turning back right next to us because the view that we got after that was one of the most amazing views I've ever seen in my entire life. This is the Columbia ice field, um, the Athabasca Glacier down below there. And Claire and I and Leo stood there in awe of this scene for as long as we could before we finally had to turn around and to think that we almost, almost aborted this mission. It just completely reminds me, when I think about this every day, I look at this image and it reminds me, don't give up. I hear people say sometimes, um, I've been working so hard on this project or I've been working with this person and it's just not working out. I think God's trying to tell me something. And you know what? Maybe God's trying to tell you, work harder. It doesn't necessarily mean because it's not working out the first time that you shouldn't be doing it. And I think we misinterpret these messages from Spirit sometimes as abort, abort, abort. When in fact, God's saying, you know what? I want to see you push a little harder. I want to see you work for this. I want to see you earn it. I want to see you get to that summit and have the whole place to yourself and have the most amazing view you've ever seen because everybody else gave up except for you. So maybe that's what God's trying to say. So this other time, we're going, this is in Revelstoke in Canada, and we had planned to go up to this beautiful uh, national park. The, the, everybody said, this is a great, you go to the top of this mountain and you go check out the view. And we started to drive up there and it was getting, getting close to the evening time and it was raining, but we got close to the top and there was a big roadblock and it was blocked off and it said, no dogs beyond this point because there are bears everywhere. And of course, we take Leo with us everywhere. And the good thing about Canada is that they actually allow dogs in most of the national parks, uh, which is different from the United States. So we love going to national parks in Canada. So we were bummed, and we said, well, we can't leave Leo in the car, because you couldn't even leave him in the car. They said, no dogs anywhere. So we had to turn around. We went back, and we were almost out of the park, and we see this little trailhead on the side of the road. And there were no cars, not even a parking lot, but just a little tiny trailhead marker. And I said, eh, well, we might as well just go hike something. So we parked the car on the gravel on the side, and we walked into this little trail, and the rain started to come, and of course, we welcomed it because we're in a rainforest after all. What better way to see the rainforest except in the rain, right? And we walk into this amazing forest that was just filled with moss and waterfalls and green and beauty, and we hiked through this thing just in awe of everything that we saw, thinking, how could this be that we almost missed this? We were thwarted, and this is, this is the reward we got for being thwarted. We made a game of finding mushrooms everywhere. This is a little collage of jillions of little mushrooms, but there's so many more that we found, and it became such a joyous thing for us to stop. It took us probably three hours to hike what, a mile or something, Claire? Because <laughs> we just stopped and would look at every little beautiful thing along this trail, and these mushrooms were just fantastical. We also found this guy. This wooden carved, I don't know who he is, but he was sitting out there in the middle of the forest all by himself. Forest gnome or whatever it is. It reminded me of a, a saying that I heard. Somebody's dad said this. He says, there's no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothing choices. <laughs> 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 uh, 
And it's so true. Some of our absolute favorite excursions on this trip, and all of our trips, have been in what people would consider bad weather. Rain, snow, wind. And we just put on the right clothes and had a great time. I think there's probably once when we really said, no, this is too much. Let's get, <laughs> let's get back. <laughs> but other than that, it was pretty amazing. This is Lake Louise. Lake Louise was something that everybody said, you got to see it, but they said Moraine Lake is actually more beautiful in the morning. Go to Moraine Lake, which is a few miles away. So we got up at 5 in the morning and started heading towards Moraine Lake. Well, when we got to the gate at 5 in the morning, it was blocked, and they said, it's already full. Parking lot's full. You can't go to Moraine Lake. Like, what? What do we do? So let's go to Lake Louise. Well, Lake Louise is going to be full. That's super popular, too. But we said, let's just try. Let's just go. We drove up to the parking lot, managed to get an actual parking spot before sunrise, walked out to the scene, and ta-da, the sky opened up, and the sun started to shine, and we had the most amazing view of Lake Louise at sunrise. Claire and Leo enjoyed it, too. As we were driving through Kananaskis in Canada, I saw this scene from the road. This is from our drone up in the air looking down, but I saw it from below and thought, I've got to stop and get a picture of this scene. It was gorgeous, the colors and everything else going on here. So we pulled over. Claire actually forced me to turn around, go back, park the car, pull over, get the drone out and fly it. And I got this beautiful shot. We got back into Stella, Stella's our RV, and won't start, dead. And we're in the middle of nowhere on the side of this highway that is way off the beaten path, and she would not start. And it became sort of a, a pattern that every once in a while, Stella, our camper, would not start. And we'd sit there and wait, and then a few minutes later, she'd start. And I started to think, maybe this is God's way of saying, hang on, chill out, enjoy the view a little longer. Maybe there's something up ahead happening that you don't need to be involved with. Maybe there's a traffic accident up ahead waiting to happen if you were to leave now, and I want you to wait. And so every time Stella wouldn't start, and she always would after we just sat there for a few minutes, we would just get in the habit of hanging out, Praying, we'd say a prayer, we'd bless Stella, and then she'd start, and we could go again. Claire was completely convinced that turning off the propane was actually the key to making it restart. I still don't think there's anything to do with it, but it's up for debate. <laughs> but we're also praying every time, so that could be what's working. I, I don't know. Um, propane. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So... It was a constant reminder to, to just slow down and to remember that when things don't go your way, it's not necessarily bad. And in fact, some of our most amazing journeys and experiences, this was a sunrise, you can barely see it, but there's a little fisherman way up in the top left corner casting. And this was because 
Outside of Yellowstone, we could not find a camping place anywhere the night before. We drove around the towns outside of Yellowstone, no place to camp anywhere, and we were vir virtually ready to sleep in a truck stop because we were so desperate and it was late. And we pulled into a truck stop and I said, after hearing the diesel engines roaring next to my head all night, I said, no, we're not going to do this. We are going to find a place to camp. And we tried one more time. I looked at my app, found a place just outside of town that we could camp. It was beautiful. We camped there for free. And it gave us just the right timing to get into Yellowstone at sunrise and to catch this scene that evolved right there. I don't know if you can see this one, but that, this is the same fisherman from a different angle, and I'm watching him casting. He's got a cigar in his mouth, and he's casting, and this bison is walking right up next to behind him, and he didn't even see it, and he's just casting away, and it was so funny because he, the bison's walking closer and closer and closer to him, and then he finally stops, and he turns around. He sees this bison, and I'm thinking he's going to like go running or something, and he just turns back, keeps casting. <laughs> Casting, 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 and the bison just crossed the river right next to him as he continued his thing, and it was such a fun, fun scene to watch. More images. This is Death Valley. Most of our, the wave, this one's funny because the way Leo is, looks like he's a little miniature dog sitting there. The wave was one of our most amazing experiences. Totally happened by chance that we got to go there. Something we did not plan or expect, but ran into some angels on the trail who guided us to it. Most beautiful rock. This sunrise was one of the most amazing sunrises. This was in um, Canyonlands National Park. And we got up early to catch the sunrise, and I noticed this beam coming from behind that rock that just almost looks like um, something shooting up to heaven, you know? It was crazy beautiful. I don't know what or why it was creating this special beam, um, but, it, but it was just awe-inspiring. In uh, Kalispell, Montana, our axle broke on our RV, and it basically led to us being stuck there for an extra week while we got it fixed at the shop and having to rent a car in order to explore yellow, the, the park, Glacier National Park. And what was, seemed like a disaster, of course, it was covered under the warranty, fortunately, so we didn't cost us anything. And the car enabled us to actually get to some places that we never would have been able to get to if we were driving the RV in Yellowstone. So we hit up some dirt roads and out-of-the-way out places like here where we saw this grizzly, which was the only one that we had seen on this entire trip. 
We got to go to this amazing little town that had a bakery with the best blueberry scones that we've ever had, only because we were able to get there in a car instead of our RV that one time. And so it became, again, amazingly obvious that the, the setback of having our axle break was not really a setback at all. And the cool thing about it, too, was that we actually got to see a friend in Kalispell, a photographer friend who's heard, I put it something about us being, having a broken axle, and he said, well, I'm in Kalispell, and I'll make you dinner. Come over, my wife and I'll make you dinner, and my famous apple pie. So, of course, that was the magic word, right? Apple pie. So Claire and I are, yep, we're there. We came for dinner and honestly had the best apple pie we've ever had in our lives that he had homemade for us and had a, had a beautiful dinner, which we never would have experienced had our axle not broken in Kalispell, Montana. One of the things that we truly believe in are angels. And angels for us on our trips come in the form of people who appear sometimes out of nowhere. <laughs> and we have so many stories of these angels. And this was one of my, one of my favorites. We were in, where was this, hon? Someplace beautiful. <laughs> we were tell you right, and we we hiked. Somebody said this. There's this beautiful ice waterfall. You got to go find this waterfall. So we went hiking up this trail. It was a great trail, and we got to the end of the trail. And where the trail ended, there was a little river, and we could see the waterfall up, you know, maybe a half mile away, and it was beautiful. And we're like, wow, that's pretty. This is great. So we sat down there on the trail, at the end of the trail, on some rocks, kind of off the trail near the river, and out of the bushes, this guy pops out. He's got his hiking gear up, and he goes, hey, are you guys going to the waterfall? And we said, well, we, yeah, there it is. It's beautiful, isn't it? He's like, no, no, no. The trail's actually up here in the bushes. You've got to go through here, go up the trail. It's a little single track, and go right to the waterfall. It's amazing. So we're like, okay. So we'll, like, finish our trail mix, you know. And then he turns around and disappears into the bushes. <laughs> and so we were like, well, let's go. So we kind of followed into the bushes. He was gone, but... We eventually hit this little single track trail, hiked another half mile up, and came to the base of this frozen waterfall that was amazing, so much more dramatic than we had seen from down below. And what was funny is that this, this angel, he was off the trail. He came off the main trail out of nowhere and just appeared to tell us that we had to go further. We had to try a little harder and get up to the waterfall. And then he went back into the bushes, and so he was... He was not on the trail at all. He was coming out of his way just to tell us this. Uh, for whatever reason, he did, and it turned out beautiful. And of course, all the way back down, we're telling everybody, okay, when you come to the end of the trail, don't stop. You got to go a little further, go through the bushes, go up that way, and get to the waterfall, because it's amazing. You know? So we tried to return the favor going back down. These, are, this is, these mountains are actually called the Three Sisters, but they're not our Three Sisters. This is in uh, Canada. They have a Three Sisters mountains. <laughs> uh, this one, doesn't it look like a bear upside down on its back holding up a, a rock on its feet? 
<laughs> yeah, it's like bench pressing a rock. And this guy, this rock here, Claire said he looks like Lord Farquaad. Remember Lord Farquaad in the movie? <laughs> or maybe Elvis. This tree kind of looked like a giraffe to me. I don't know why. <laughs> All right. I did a little Photoshop on that. But the tree base did actually look like a giraffe. It really did. Okay, I just threw those in there for fun. But. And the, this is a, another random thing that somebody told us about that we met in a little shop. And every little thing that we did on this trip was an extension of somebody we met. Maybe it was a waitress. Maybe it was a guy in a... Um, uh, gift shop, just we start talking and asking and inquiring, and then they open up and tell us, You got to do this, you got to go here, you got to go try this. And we would. That's the thing, we would do it. We didn't just say, Oh, that's great, maybe next time. No, we would do it. And so we heard about this guy. He says, I'm, an, I'm a geological tour guide, and here's a cool place you can go where not many people go to see these amazing petroglyphs called the Five Faces. And he gave us directions, and we barely made it out there, sliding around in sand on our motorcycle until we got to these five faces, which are just the cutest things ever. I've never seen petroglyphs with these smiley, happy guys. Um, it's such a cool, cool place. One of my favorite angel stories was we were traveling in New Mexico. And I had a hankering. This t I wanted a steak. Sorry, vegetarians, but I really wanted a steak bad this one time, and I asked somebody at a gift shop or a gas station or somebody, where can I get a good steak around here in the middle of nowhere? And the guy goes, oh, Buckhorn Saloon. And the guy behind in line goes, you want a steak? Buckhorn Saloon, that's where you got to go. And the other guy goes, yep, Buckhorn Saloon, that's it. So I'm like, okay, we're going to the Buckhorn Saloon. So Claire and I, you know, find our way, navigate to the Buckhorn Saloon. We get there, and it's this old saloon. There's all these Harleys parked out front, and it's kind of you know, like bottles are flying out the door and gunshots are going off. And we're just like, eh, well, they got good steak. Let's go. So <laughs> we go inside. And it is. It's, it's like this old west. Like there's an arrow stuck in the ceiling still, like a, you know, Indian arrow. And, and there's like actually a guy playing music. And he's pretty good. So we sit down at our table. And we have drinks. So we order our food. And right next to us, in the table next to us, this couple, this guy, this big Harley dude, and his girlfriend or wife, partner, were sitting right next to us. And we, Claire and I were just talking, and, and we happened to be saying, hey, you know, I don't even know where we're going to stay tonight, and not, there's a campground in town, and da-da-da, I guess we'll figure it out. And it's dinner time already, and we still don't know where we're going to stay. And a couple seconds later, the woman from the table gets up, comes over, she goes, I don't want you to think I'm nosy or anything, but if you guys want to stay at our house tonight, you guys can. You can park your RV in the, in the driveway. And so we're like, Sure. Say yes. That's an angel, right? And she goes, why don't you come sit with us and have a drink? So Claire and I went and sat at their table with a big old Harley dude. I took a picture of him too. This is Jose. Wow. <laughs> and we sat at the table with them and we had drinks. And then after we had drinks, he, we followed them on their Harley. He had her on the back and we followed them to their house and parked in their driveway. And they invited us inside and wanted to show us everything. It was like show and tell and have a couple more drinks. And then he... He didn't. No, he drank after we got home. He drank a lot. And we sat there and we had this great night. And then we went into our RV and slept for the evening. And in the morning, we got up and, they, you know, we had some more talk, had breakfast. And they gave us gifts to take home with us. Like she had candles and she was actually a Reiki um, master or something. And she was doing all this healing arts work. And he was like this 
crazy hardcore biker dude, but the nicest big old teddy bear of a guy. And they gave us gifts like bags of walnuts or peanuts or something that they had harvested and from their farm. And it was just like, who does this? And so we left this place with such an amazing, oh wait, there, yeah, there is Stella parked in the, the driveway of their house there. What's that? The steak. The steak. <laughs> that was the steak, Eric says. I don't even remember how good the steak was. I was, so, <laughs> I was so into everything else going on, I don't even remember the steak. I think it was, I think it was good. I'm pretty sure it was good. So angels are, are everywhere. But you have to be willing and open to seeing them. And I think you also have to be returning the angel to others. And one of the favorite experiences of ours, it's not this one on the picture here. We could switch that one off for a second, Nico. Of being an angel in return, because I think when you experience angels in your life, it makes you want to be one. And... We were at this beautiful campground. I can't even remember where we were. It was called Petite Lake. We had pulled into this place, found this beautiful campground. Not very many people there. And noticed there was a hiking trail that went way up into the mountains. So we set up the camper. There was another camper just like ours parked right next to the campsite next to us. But nobody was there. And so Claire and I went out for the day, hiked up in the mountain. Way up. It was a beautiful, perfect day. Long hike, came back, maybe 10 miles. We were pretty tired, and it was dark, and it was starting to get rainy and gloomy, and we got to our camper, and Claire went in there and started up some chili. She made a big pot of this hot, yummy chili, and I'm outside trying to clean up things in case the rain, because it looked like it was raining, and then I see these two figures slumped over, you know, one like 10 feet behind the other with big backpacks on, coming back to the camper next to us. And it was a man and a woman. It was an older couple. And the woman sort of like took off her pack, threw it on the ground, and then started stumbling over towards the public restroom <laughs> to go. And the guy stood there, and he's trying to figure out how to get his boots off. And so I'm like, I got to go say hi to these people. So I walked over and just said, hey, did you guys, were you guys camping or whatever? He's like, yeah, we were backpacking the last couple of nights and got caught in a big storm, and we didn't sleep a wink. We thought our tent was going to blow over. We were frozen. And <sighs> so I'm like, ah. Oh. He didn't really something he wanted conversation. I said, hey, sorry, dude. Um, I'll come back later. <laughs> so I went back to the camper. I'm like, and Claire and I both at the same time, like, we should offer them some chili. I bet they're hungry. So we made up two extra bowls of chili, and I went over to his camper, and Claire went out the door, and she intercepted the woman coming back from the restroom. And by kind of at the same time, we're like, do you guys want some hot chili? We just made it. And the woman I saw over my shoulder she turns to Claire and goes, you're an angel. <laughs> and she gives her a big hug. And then they, they came over to our camper and they sat down next to us on, and we had chili together and they told us, and it was her 69th birthday. 69, this is only her second backpacking trip and they've been up there like, this is a 10 mile heavy duty hike that she had just done with him on her 69th birthday, it was amazing. Um, Obviously pretty tattered and worn, but to be able to just give them a bowl of hot chili as they walked back into the camp was such a blessing, was such a 
such a beautiful feeling, you know. It really does feel good to be the angel in return. All right, let's go back to the pictures here, Nico. This is Claire trying to book a horse ride in Navajo Canyon, Canyon de Chez. Uh, the office is a little sketchy, and the guy really didn't understand what she wanted. She just wanted to ride a horse, but that didn't work out. And this was one of those mornings when nothing was working out. We were just grumpy. We woke up, and we were grumpy, and things weren't working. And before we packed up to go explore for the day, I said, let's pray. We need to get out of this funk. And we do this a lot, actually, when things aren't quite going right. We'll just stop everything we're doing. We hold hands, and we just do a prayer together. And so we prayed. We're going to turn this day around, and we are going to be all about gratitude. And we packed up the camper, and we went exploring. And the first turnout we came to, overlooking the Canyon de Chez, which is a beautiful area. It's all in Navajo country, so it's all Navajo uh, land. The first turnout we pulled to, there's all these vendors selling goodies, you know, little trinkets. And we looked at the stuff. We wanted to buy some gifts. Nothing, it's all the same, not very exciting. We go to the next one, all the same. We look at the view. We go to the next one, and as we pulled in there, there was a woman selling out of the back of her truck like everybody else. And I said, just something said, she's going to have beautiful stuff. I just know it. So we parked the camper, and we walked up to her, her table, her truck, um, and there was beautiful, beautiful stuff like we hadn't seen. We actually really wanted to buy gifts there from her. This is Jenny. And as we sat there, we started to talk to Jenny and ask her, you know, all about Navajo life and what she does and da-da-da, and she started to open up to us in a way that's not like the typical tourist conversation. And I said to her, I have these stickers. It says, Aloha is, as Aloha does. We've been giving them out to everybody. I want to give you a sticker. And could you tell me in Navajo what your version of Aloha is in Navajo? And see, she thought for a minute. She goes, walks with beauty. I said, wow, that's, that's amazing. And I actually recorded her saying this to me, so I have her voice um, and we, we walked around a little more. We came back. We talked to her some more. And then she said, come. She says, I need to tell you. I said, this morning, she said, I woke up and I was really feeling down. And I told myself, I need to think about gratitude. And she said, thank you for sharing with me. It makes me feel grateful. And it was a, just on this last trip, now almost two, three years later, I was in a, a gift shop, and I saw this beautiful sign in the gift shop, and it's a Navajo prayer. It says, as you walk, may you walk in beauty. Beauty before you, beauty around you, beauty above you, beauty around you. And that's the Navajo prayer, and that's what she was thinking of when she shared that with us. We can go to the next one there. My final story, we're talking about prayer. This is actually my, probably my favorite of my entire life, was we were camping here in uh, Silverton, Colorado, all by ourselves. You can see little Stella at the bottom of the, this is a drone picture at the bottom there. And expanding in front of us is this beautiful river and a valley, and there's nobody there. We had this place to ourselves. It was amazing. And each morning we would get up 
and get our cup of coffee and walk out to the frozen river and look at all the shapes and the crystals. And then as it started to melt and thaw, the, uh, the shapes would change. So Claire and I would just kind of meander around along the river's edge, looking and playing and poking at the ice. And after one morning of doing this, we got back to the camper to make breakfast, and Claire was like, well, I lost my sunglasses. Where are my sunglasses? Well, they probably dropped them next to the river somewhere. Let's go back. So we went, looked for them, looked for them, walked up and down the bank, couldn't find it. That's all right. We'll find them later. Got to the, you know, got into the uh, bike, and we went off for the day exploring, came back that night, hanging out by the river. We said, let's go look again for those sunglasses. We started to walk around up and down the river. Like, there's nobody here, and there's very, we were only in this area. Where could they have gone? She's like, I think they were in my pocket. They must have just fallen out of my pocket. And so all day long, we had no sunglasses. And then that evening, we, we said one more look before dinner, one more look. We walked up and down, up and down, up and down. We even put Leo on it, could not find them. Finally said, well, that spirit wants the sunglasses. <laughs> That's what it is. Let's go make dinner. So we went back in, and as soon as we walked in, I had this feeling. I said, go outside and pray. And so she made dinner. I walked back. I didn't even tell her. I just walked back outside, and I walked up to the river's edge, and I literally closed my eyes, and I talked to God. I said, God, I'm putting 100% faith that you are going to give me an answer here. And something was really different this time. This is what was so special about this. It, once in a while, we have this feeling that our faith is 100%. And I think that's an elusive thing for me. We talk about faith 100% in God and Spirit. But how often is it really 100%? And in this moment, I felt 100% true that I was going to get an answer. And I, and I hear this small voice, it wasn't a clap of thunder that said, talk to the trees, talk to the trees, talk to the trees. So I said, trees, I know you know what's going on here. I know you don't need sunglasses, and Claire really needs her sunglasses, so it'd be great if you could tell me where they are. And I just started walking. And I walked to the water's edge, I turned, I started walking into the forest, bushwhacking into the forest, walked back probably a hundred yards into the forest, and there on a branch held by one of the trees was literally her sunglasses hanging off a branch. In the forest where Claire had not even been as far as I know, and she doesn't even recall ever going into the forest where these were. It wasn't a trail. It was simply, I bushwhacked through the, the bushes to get to the spot where they were. And I, I literally just walked. Like, I didn't think, I didn't think. I just walked, opened my eyes, and there's a branch holding her sunglasses. And at that, at that moment, I'm like, this is like this crazy joke. It's like the trees grabbed them from her pocket and handed them from branch to branch, passing them deeper into the forest. Like this, this crazy joke, you know, like, hee, 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 let's hide them in the forest from her. And then they're like, all right, he really wants them back. We'll give him his sunglasses back. And there they were. And in that moment, I literally started laughing and crying as I took them and started, I couldn't wait to go back and tell Claire, but I didn't want to run because I didn't want her to know. I wanted to surprise her. But I'm laughing and crying all the way back because it felt 
like such a perfect connection with spirit for one of the very few times in my life when I felt so completely led and guided. And I, and I, and I thought, like, with that 100% belief, I should have tried to walk across the water of the river <laughs> and see if I could have done that because I was in it, man. I was in the moment at that time. But I didn't. It was too late. I didn't think about it. Let's go next, Nico. I don't know. Here we go. So, when all else fails, pray. Or maybe I, maybe I should say, pray before all else fails. Because that really is the foundation of what makes us feel so successful in everything that we've been able to experience is our, is our faith and belief that this is going to work out. And I think it's not something that faith doesn't lead you to the right thing every time, but faith is knowing that what you are led to is the right thing. There's a subtle difference, right? Whatever it is you're led to is going to be the right thing. That's what our faith is all about, and that's what it was for us. So through this journey, we got the answer to our, our primary question, which was, are we going to sleep in a Walmart parking lot? And the answer is no, we didn't. We never had to sleep in a Walmart parking lot. And the other question that we asked was, is spirit going to guide us every step of the way? And yes, the answer is yes. This is a fabulous experiment in spiritual practicum. So I'm not saying everybody go out there and drop everything and go get an RV and go on a spontaneous adventure, um, but kind of, I, actually I am, yeah, I am. <laughs> Do it. Go out there, explore the word, challenge yourself, uh, be an angel and find your angels and enjoy the world. Thank you very much. Don't give up.
from being here I want a reason for the way things have to be I need a hand to help build up some kind of hope inside of me So they don't disappear While private eyes Soft marriage lies Cause we don't talk for years And football teams Are kissing queens And losing sight of having dreams In a world where what we want Is only what we want Until it's ah, 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 Calling all angels.